Hello and welcome to the Carry On Cast. This is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church where you get to hear the pastors talk about the upcoming preaching text. It is a joy to be with you all today. I'm Pastor Kevin and I'm here with... Pastor Eric. And Pastor Megan. Wasn't that an awesome start? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well... I had I heard heard Michael Buffer do like a Thursday night football thing. Oh. He was on there for like the Vikings game and he's like, Let's get ready to rumble. I'm like, that's a job I'd nice. be interested in. Oh, that would be fun. Voice you know? Voice. Oh yeah. <laughs> or maybe I'll just stay being a pastor. I'm okay with that too. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord works in mysterious ways, as we will hear yeah. in today's reading. Oh nice. that was a great segue. <laughs> That was a great segue. If you didn't catch that, <laughs> get ready. Press pause and go back. <laughs> uh, but let us uh, let us help people connect the dots. Yes. So last week we were talking about Jacob. Yep. Uh, the week before that we were talking about Abraham and Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um, we will name those people in the reading today. So you're going to re- be reminded of them, and you're going to say, "Wait, which guy was that?" So uh, let's see here. Uh, Perhaps, Pastor Eric, uh, can you remind us of what happened in uh, our first story from Genesis? Where did we start this party off? Yeah, we started with creation of Adam and Eve. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Kind of right at the beginning. And we move along a little bit and God starts to narrow the focus. Pastor Kevin, uh, where did we go from creation? Yes, that was Abraham and Sarah, and particularly that they both laughed at the promises of God. Ah! It's biblical to laugh. (laughs) (laughs) It's biblical. God's promises are just too wonderful. That's right. Nothing but joy. And that was kind of the key verse. Is anything too wonderful for God? Absolutely. Yeah. And then after that, we talked about uh, Abraham's grandson, right? I did that math right because we got from Abraham, whose son was Isaac. Uh, Isaac has two kids, and boy, are they awfully dramatic. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> the promise lands with with Jacob, who, as we heard, is is uh, you know a tiny bit of a shady character. Uh, but God doesn't give up on us, even when we don't act right. Um, and so God's promise continues through Jacob. Now we uh, go from Jacob. Uh, Jacob has all his sons because he had, you know, all his wives, biblical marriage. And um, from there we get Joseph, whose story we don't read this time around. But Joseph is the one who lands in Egypt, brings his brothers there with him because there's a famine. And there's plenty to eat in Egypt. And that's where Genesis ends is Joseph's family all hanging out safe and happy. And Exodus 1 starts with, and then as time passes, there came a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. And this is where things turn a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first couple of chapters of Exodus, which is where we are today, we learn that the Israelites living in Egypt became very populous. The Egyptians were very threatened by that, and so they enslaved the Israelite people. Uh, and they have been in slavery for a long time. Uh, the uh, Israelite people, the sons born to them, are supposed to be um, murdered, killed. Uh, but Moses's mother is crafty and puts him in a basket and sends him down the river. And one of Pharaoh's daughters finds him. And that's how he gets his name, Moses, because it comes from uh, being drawn out. He is drawn out of the river and raised by Pharaoh's family. Uh, and then Moses does some shady stuff himself. Uh, it's in his blood. He can't help mm-hmm. it um, and goes on the run, which is where we find mm-hmm. our story today. 
Yes, that was a great. Yes, thank you for thank bringing you. us down the river. Well done. <laughs> Just going down the path. Yeah, it's funny because like, you know, we we hear these people referenced, right? Like you'll even hear in the Gospels, you'll hear um, Abraham referenced, you'll hear Jacob referenced, you'll hear Israel, and you go like, wait a minute, did somebody change his name to Israel or what was that? It's so easy to forget these pieces. And look, you can still read the Bible even if you've forgotten these pieces. Don't worry about that. Um, and... Sometimes you gain an extra level of meaning when you can kind of remember which person was right. was which, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're talking about people like Abraham, Isaac, uh, Jacob, Joseph, and as we're about to say today, mm-hmm. Moses. Those guys yeah. come up a lot. And God, you know, since we're talking about relationships, um, God often refers to himself as um, the God of your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then that he means you know, the, the long list of your ancestors, but it's all about these relationships. Yeah, that's, and the I think it's, of the promise. right, who is God? Well, we know who God is because of how God has acted in the past, because of the promises God carries into the future, and because of the relationships God has made and nurtured with God's people in the past, in the present, into the future, mm-hmm. throughout time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely, Pastor Eric, we, this, is, this is how we know God as one who is in relationship. Mm-hmm. Man, I I just still stuck back with the image of this mom who is so desperate with the situation mm-hmm. of her life mm-hmm. that she's willing to put her baby in a basket and send it down the river. Yeah. Like that's going to be a better choice, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and how even in the most again I never experienced this myself, mm-hmm. but just that sense of God is still at work in the midst of that such heartbreak, right? Yeah. And. Yeah. Wow, like that's that's just I don't know why that just kind of hung up hung yeah. me up for a second. Because but. it's an awful and horrible detail in the story, yeah. right? It is just yeah. it is a, it is a story of absolute terror. Desperation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And even in the mix of that, there's this there's these two <laughs> there's these two midwives who are referenced in so read Exodus 1 and 2 folks. It's really it's really worth your time. But there's these two midwives who protest Pharaoh by refusing to, to, to murder the babies, right? They refuse to be a part of infanticide. Um, and they say, oh no, these women have their babies too fast and we don't even make it there before the babies are born. What could, they just lie, they lie mm-hmm. to power mm-hmm. to preserve these lives, yeah. right? And it's, it is bold, ooh, because mm-hmm. they are putting their own lives on the line. And so even in the, in the midst of this horror, there's this reminder that there are people continuing to work for good. There are people who will yes. stand up to the empire. There are people who will, you know, fight for the sake of the innocent. Um, right? Like it's just, and it's they even get named. The midwives even have like women. Period. Don't yeah, get names in the exactly. Bible. But these two very humble midwives getting names to Shipra and Pura. Um, totally cool. It's just it's it's a very beautiful story. I, I think. This might be interesting too. To, there's something to this, but um, Moses's mom puts him in the river, mm-hmm. and then you know, yes, he is found by the Pharaoh's daughter. But maybe that was also sort of the plan there, because then Moses's sister um, goes and says, "Oh, do you need someone to nurse this baby? Yeah, because right. I know someone. His mom. His mom." So. <laughs> So it also might have been there's like something to that story. Right. Which there's, I don't totally understand, but I, it seems like there was some plan involved. Yeah, maybe she was hoping, hoping that this would be the case. And then his, his sister, you know, tra- oh my gosh, yeah. All of it's a beautiful story. This is one of, I've had people say, I'd like to read the Bible. Where should I start? What should I start with? 
uh, you can start wherever. Don't worry about it. But one option <laughs> is to start in Genesis and maybe read like into Exodus because it's really it's really narrative heavy. It's a lot about yes. characters and stories and journeys. Um, there are some weird details and some problematic sections. Hang with it. Keep <laughs> keep going. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's worth your time. And these are often Sunday school lessons oh, yeah. for children because, oh, yeah. they're, because they're so narrative-based. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and such really interesting characters. characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, how about we read the how about we read the lesson for this Sunday? Let's, let's absolutely. I mean, we're like halfway there already. So <laughs> I mean, it's, um, and all of that was great because it kind of sets up mm, what is going on in this yeah, story really. that Pastor Megan's going to read. See, she's going to read a call story, and it seems like in the Bible. There are call stories all throughout scripture. Lots of times they have patterns to them. And anytime you read a story like this, you're going to find commonalities between what you read in the Old Testament and the New. And so as you listen to the story, um, what is the way that Moses has this conversation with God? Mm. And what is it that you notice about kind of the back and forth? Because honestly, it's a pattern, right? Right, right. I, yeah, let's. I was gonna say, oh, and and I was like, no, no, no. Let's hear the story. Let us let us hear the story <laughs> it's first. It's just too good. It's just too good. This is Exodus chapter three, and we're just gonna read verses. Just gonna read verses one through fifteen. That's all. Uh, beginning here at verse one. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, thus you shall say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Woo! 
There's wow. a lot going on. There's a few things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you brought us to the story of, of, of call here, Pastor Kevin. Um, reflect on that with us. Well, just if you look at the very beginning of the chapter, first we learn a whole bunch about Moses. And those details are not unimportant, right? I think that was a Terry Frodhinism, by the way. <gasps> Ooh. These details are not unimportant. (laughs) That's right. Thank you, Pastor Fredheim. Yes. Um, But just the sense of the details about his relationships, because again, that's the whole lens that we want you to take with this entire fall. We believe that we are together for good as a congregation, as God's people. And that lens of relationship is on everything. So anytime you start seeing like, oh, it's, it's the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. Well, that's actually important <laughs> because the relationship matters, right? Mm-hmm. And that the and typically names mean something too. So mm-hmm. here we have this relationship with uh, his father-in-law and we kind of get some location about where he was. Um, I mean, literally beyond the wilderness. I mean, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're out there a ways now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they come to the mountain of God. Horeb is another name for Sinai too. So, I mean, that's a familiar kind of mountainous name. But here we have this incredible kind of introduction to what's going on here. Um, and as they're walking around there in verse two, right, there's an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire out of a bush. And he looked and the bush was blazing and it was not consumed. Fire is this important marker um, for God's people uh, of God's promised presence and typically connected to some form of call story. So, for example, you're going to see fire again at Mount Sinai where the covenant is made and Ten Commandments are handed over. You're going to see it once they get make it through the, um, through the waters and they come on the other side after being chased by the Egyptians. They're led by a pillar of fire by night. And then it keeps going into the New Testament all the way to the Acts of the Apostles where we start seeing again that there's a calling going on here of God's promised presence given to the new community of followers of Jesus uh, at the Pentecost situation. And everyone has a divided little flame over their head. And But again, that's a way to look and be able to say like, wow, God, this has been a, a way for us to say, okay, God's going to do something here. God is calling here in this situation. And it's important for us to to pay attention to that. So again, look cover to cover. There's, there's more going on here. What else do you two see as far as these calls? calling story here. Um, One of the things that I noted is that uh, Moses has no interest in this call. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wasn't wasn't seeking it. And even once it is presented to him, he does not desire it. Look at how full of excuses he is, right? Right? Um, Oh, yeah. Who am I? Uh, Why would they listen to me? Um, I don't even know what your name is, God. Oh, no. How should I tell them that I'll say God is talking to them and they'll say, what's God's name? And I'll say, I don't know. And they'll say, well, then get out of here, you silly Moses. Um, I just he's just so full of excuses mm-hmm. um, and I, I mm-hmm. I'm sorry I resemble that remark right like <laughs> right. it's it, it is really intimidating mm-hmm. I think to realize that you are being called to do something quite big um, and you you don't really feel up to it <laughs> You know, Um, I also think it's not for nothing um, that when that call comes to you, it is not merely for your own edification or glorification, right? Like it is for someone else's health, safety, and well-being. Um, Moses is getting called up. Not because God has looked at Moses and gone, ooh, 
look how great this guy is. I'm going to make sure everyone knows how great he is. I don't honestly know why God has chosen Moses. God gets to know that. Maybe we don't. Maybe Moses. I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is that Moses goes now, right? And his life takes a hard 180 and he is uh, doing something very big and very risky and very different uh, for the sake of God's people. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we liked the quote, too, that... uh, this commentator mm. named Brent Strawn oh, said, "Give this, credit. This call really isn't about who Moses is; it's about who is with Moses. And like you're saying, that's mm. true for all of us. I think we agree, even your pastors around the table, that um, we this is God's call. God calls each of us. Uh, we all have vocations, and we don't." In fact, you're you're probably in good company when you feel like I I'm not qualified for, yes. for what you're <laughs> calling me to do, God, because that's the way it's been throughout the Bible, and God continues to reassure. And here He says to Moses, "I will be with you." Right. And as Pastor Kevin mentioned, there's lots of biblical call stories, right. and indeed, some of the people that God calls, you know, says you know such beautiful, trusting things like, "Here I am, send me." Right. Oh my goodness for that faith most of them say things like i couldn't possibly do that nope no thank you yeah i'm too young i'm too old i don't speak well enough uh you don't really want me and god like doubles down and says yeah not only do i want you but i'm also going to take that excuse away from you here's what here's how i'm going to fix that little problem for you right uh because i have chosen you and i will not let you prove (laughs) me wrong god seems to say um but that's, but that's true here, too. I mean, even in this case where Moses says, well, I can't go because I don't even know your name. Um, God gives Moses kind of the Popeye answer for his name, right? I am who I am, um, which it should be noted is is it's complicated but right right the hebrew letters being used here are much like the hebrew letters that get used for how god is referred to so it's either it's saying like god's name is something that can't be said or you know god is is saying that he's more about relationship than about name or it's it's hard to like i don't know what's happening here but god does technically respond to Mm -hmm. moses's question and what is he what is god leading to again at the end here right god goes with um this is what you shall say right the god of your ancestors the god of abraham the god of isaac the god of jacob god keeps doubling down on saying my identity is in these relationships right in these people in these promises and this covenant like you said before pastor kevin uh made with these people it's huge oh what yeah no well you could say uh it also could translate it as i will be what i will be yes which which uh again you know uh, some of the commentary i was reading is pointing out that that's also leaving god and the open ability to do what god will do into the future and sometimes it's translated in english as you know i just simply i am and that we were talking beforehand that that uh very much reminds me of jesus when he's arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and they ask if you're Jesus and he says, I am, he's referring back to this, the God, the God, the moment when God says, I am going to do what I do in the future. Um, and, and, uh, it's kind of a mystery of what God will do, how God will act. And Jesus is the greatest, you know, option of God to Mm. do what he's going to do in the future to save us. Yeah.
Yeah. And so it is, I, I mean, I really think that's an intentional choice there uh, in the Gospels, right, is to remind us back to this moment, this moment of like really high stakes call, right? Uh, who, who are you? What are you about? Well, I'm about the future that God continues to create. Exactly. Yeah. Well put. So maybe in this coming week, you know, as you think about and maybe you might be feeling nudged mm, this week in some mm-hmm, fashion. Mm-hmm. The whole point of the story is that it might show you that it doesn't really matter what you think your qualifications is. It's that God actually needs you just because of who you are and who you were uniquely created to be to be about what God is up to in the world. And I can tell you as one of your pastors to see you step into places like Care Companion, to see you step into places like Confirmation Mentor, to see you step into places like Cantor, to see you step into new places that are maybe uncomfortable for you in some fashion, even if it's just conversation in the checkout line or someone says, man, my day is going really bad. And you ask the next question, well, how can I pray for you? Right. However, whatever that call might be, we just trust that God is going to speak to you. And we just know that we're praying for you, that you might hear that voice. You might pay attention to those burning bushes and uh, that might be a blessing to you. So thanks so much for joining us on the Carry On Cast, which is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Have a great week.